Reset Rebel Reset Rebel Reset Rebel Participants of Earth Percent And everyone at the IMS Thinking we are not a minority, not a 1% We are the silent majority, yeah If you doubt it, look into the eyes of you and me There is aspiration, there's a will, there's a way And we can do it while we play a very special live episode of the Reset Rebel podcast uh, with me, Joe Yule, and also with a very special guest presenter, Sophie Schnapp from Earth Percent. The two of us got together to host the Garden Suite at the International Music Summit last week and spoke to a variety of guests across the board, including Luke from Bye Bye Plastic to talk about how people can support the banning of plastic from the music industry and nightlife culture on Ibiza. We also caught up with Yogis, um, who you just heard our brand new jingle at the beginning of today's episode. He is a Colombian-Lithuanian working with companies who wish to shift their company's organizational culture and he's been doing this through his music for a very long time, shifting from being a music artist to being what he calls a musical artisan. And finally, we end the episode with an incredible conversation uh, with a woman or a lady um, I met actually not too long ago at the co-working space um, at The Hub. And I've been wanting to have a conversation with her for a really long time. So I was delighted when Sophie said that she'd managed to bag an interview with Chabeli Chain from the Venezuelan Amazon rainforest. Chabeli is a vocalist, a musician and a DJ, an indigenous rights advisor. And her vision is to bring the music and the natural wisdom of the indigenous people to pop culture and the electronic music movement. So I'm super excited to introduce these three interviews and we're going to be having another special IMS episode coming up for you in the next few weeks. This is part one of two parts. I hope you enjoyed today's episode uh, recorded live at the IMS between myself and Sophie um, and Earth Percent and of course the wonderful garden suite um, with interviews recorded by The Shop who did an incredible job and I just wanted to say a massive thank you to our incredible engineer and technician for the day um, or for all three days Olivier on with the show don't go away it's very exciting to be back here at IMS for the very first talk here in the Earth Percent arena with a private swimming pool. Who would have uh, thunk it or even dunk it? It's going to be an exciting few days of um, 
yeah, gazing out over Dalt Villa. I mean, I couldn't think of a better environment for the two of us to be having this conversation at the very beginning of the season. Um, thank you so much for joining us, Luke from Bye Bye Plastic, artist liaison. It's a pleasure to be here with you today. And I gather you've come a very long way to join us. Yeah, it's been a, uh, a big journey from Australia. We're about 36 hours. So, yeah, it was a um, bit of a, a early night last night, which isn't usual here, but it was a good one to have. I'm sure. <laughs> Said no one ever before yeah, IMS. Yeah. I had an early night. Yeah. I think that's all, all set to change in the, in the not so. too distant future. Um, tell us a little bit about, you know, for people that don't know what Bye Bye Plastic is all about, what have you, you know, what have you got planned over the next three days here? Yeah, well, they've got a lot of different things planned. Um, obviously, Bye Bye Plastic was started by a blondish um, when she'd done a, a, a festival in Brazil and realised how much plastic was left on the dance floor after she finished and thought, well, we need to do something about this. So um, that's what kicked everything off. I actually first um, learnt of Bye Bye Plastic actually at IMS back in 2019 at a beach cleanup. Mm -hmm. So that was my first introduction to Bye Bye Plastic and I followed along the journey and it was about 18 months ago that I joined the team as artist liaison uh, where I work with DJs and artists on eliminating single-use plastics from their hospitality riders. And how easy has that been to kind of, you know, take a look at that and sort of, you know, put the wheels in, in motion to, to kind of start to, to make that change? Yeah, it's, it's interesting. Like, the, we have a lot of DJs come to us um, and actually say, look, I've noticed you've got other DJs doing this. I've seen your social media. I've seen you at events. Um, I'd like to get involved. How do I get involved? So that's usually the first step. Um, and they can just go to the buybyplastic.life website, download the, uh, fill out the EcoRider application form, and we send them everything. And then I work with them on any questions they have, um, any guidance on how they handle uh, pushback from venues or events on saying, you know, we, we can't fulfill that, those sorts of things. Um, and then we do a lot of social outreach as well through the events and the activations and online as well to reach out to DJs. I saw Blondish was obviously doing some events here on the island not so long ago. She hosted a big, massive environmental day at, at Zaro. And I think, you know, there was a very real push towards working towards this goal for Ibiza specifically. But has that become more of a global directive? Yeah, yeah we've, got, um, we've got people in the US and both and Europe as well. So they're the two regions we focus on predominantly in trying to affect that change. Um, they both work in event plastic free transitions where they'll work with events on, okay, let's look at what you're doing, what you're using, how you're disposing your waste, what sort of sustainable alternatives we can implement. And they actually work with those venues on making that change as well. So as many activations as Blondish can do, as many activations as our other DJs can do, the more people that learn about what we're doing and the events that we're working with, um, the more of the ripple flows through the ocean, I guess. Sophie Schnapp, I'm here representing Earth Percent and I'm sat next to the wonderful Joe Yule for the Reset Rebel, a little podcast on Ibiza covering subjects that are probably not totally IMS related, maybe reflecting the different sides of the island as well. Um, but yeah, today we're going to be talking about more musical subjects. I'm very excited to be part of uh, today's proceedings. 
and we would we're more than delighted to introduce you to Jurgis. Where are he? Um, Jurgis, would you like to tell us a little bit about yourself before we begin? Um, my name is Jurgis De Julis. I'm a Colombian Lithuanian. Um, I work mostly with companies which wish to shift their organizational culture or bring people together. And I've been doing that through music. Uh, I was a, a successful artist in a previous life in a small territory known as Lithuania. But then I realized um, that it's very difficult to make the music you want to make under certain industry conditions and circumstances. And so I kind of uh, shifted from being an artist to a musical artisan, a person who uses music and tailors music to create certain experiences and to serve others rather than serve my own artistic whims. And uh, that's how I make my money, and that's how I live, and that's how I serve the purpose of shifting humanity towards something more regenerative and sustainable. And I have been lucky enough to witness you at um, one of the pivotal moments in the climate kind of scenes, which is at the Conference of Parties, the COP. And you would enter a space with your guitar and enable the room to both light up in many in, in many different emotional ways, both um, enthusiastically dance, but also you were breaking hearts and breaking hearts of the politicians. And is, is that the kind of <laughs> approach that you're trying to take within the, 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 the realms of speaking to higher um, systemic change makers? Well, I, I, th I think uh, today's society thinks that we, we're led by the mind. And, and we're not led by the mind, we're led by the heart. The heart knows what it wants and then we make sense uh, through the mind. Um, and so I've been, I'm also an EU Climate Pact uh, ambassador. And I've been working on climate change and, you know, again, recycling and all kinds of initiatives to improve our relationship with the earth for a very long time. And I realized that it's not so much about how we rationalize these processes. It's more about how we feel committed to actually do something. So the way you access people is not through the mind, it's through their hearts. It's saying, hey, you're feeling this, you're feeling that, or you're not feeling that. It's like, and that's why the guitar is magical, because you can put people under a state of collective hypnosis quite quickly. And they're like, well, well what are we talking about? Are we talking about music? Are we talking about this? It's like, no, we're just enjoying together. And the interesting thing about especially conferences is that it's a very structured space, right? It's like we have the speakers, we have uh, participants, we have the sponsors. Everybody's in their own little box, their own little cubicle. But the moment that you start disrupting and people are going, wow, this is so fresh, this is so nice, all of a sudden those rules and rules feel a bit stale and they're like, Let's, I want some more of that, let's do some more of that. And that's precisely because we're not accessing the heart in these spaces. And I know that speaking of the heart might sound like a little bit hippie, uh, but, but at the end of the day, if you take Maslow's hierarchy of needs, the way that we feel amongst other people, you know, all these, uh, these emotional needs or these collective needs, they're only, they're only defined by the metric of the heart. You know, the same problem is like you can be the head of an organization, you can drive a Bentley, but if you're not feeling that you're connected and you're happy with it, then you're satisfying uh, emotional needs through material needs. And that's why the guitar is, is so wonderful. It's, it's basically a weapon of, of, of mass disruption disruption I love that I mean I saw you uh, causing quite a lot of disruption at the TEDx conference that we had last month yeah. um, and one of the talks that was uh, on stage at Can Ventosa was by a musicologist called Nick Johnson and he was kind of talking about how music can literally save your life and you know how when we listen to music on a regular basis it 
you know, does exactly what you've just described, takes us out of our head and into our heart, but also, you know, supplies us with such happy chemicals and, you know, creates these moments when we can obviously tap out of, you know, reality in the way that it is presenting itself and get into our kind of more emotional state um, and change our mood completely. And I think that's like a really important thing that, you know, music does. And obviously probably while we're sitting here at the International Music Summit talking about this today. So I think it's, you know, interesting if you could maybe elaborate more on your experience of kind of witnessing that um, in front of your eyes in those kinds of more structured spaces that you that you refer to. Um, my, my experience going to all kinds of gatherings, festival, festivals, rainbow gatherings, participating in all kinds of ritualistic music is that it, mu- music, in essence, is is the essential technology through which we aggregate human potential. We come together. Like if, 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 if I was to give you a, a history of humanity, it would probably involve a fire and a whole bunch of like people gathering around it and a, hip, and a hippie going, Ew, and they was like, Ew, ooh. And how do we recognize each other? By singing songs. Now, how do we feel that we we create harmony by singing? I mean, we don't we forget that everything. Like for example, I'm very much into Sufism in the sense that Sufism. There's a very good author called Hazrat Inayat Khan, and he reminds us that everything is vibration. Everything is vibration. You know, from a, a, an atomic level to if you look at the cycles of the moon and the sun and the earth and everything, it's 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 like it's a vibrational thing, and harmony is just beautiful vibrations. So if I was to take a note now, says I say oh, and you're to sing oh. This is us attempting to enter a state of harmony, which is, you don't need a language, we don't need a complicated concept to describe it, but immediately, the moment we're in harmony, we're like, oh, we're all in presence, and we feel connected, and this is so beautiful, this is sublime. So for me, music, more than a form of entertainment, is a way of creating, forging humanities, and it's also an expression of the values that we wish to live, like take, take, um, take a national anthem, why it's so important. And then also take genres, like when a person listens to hip-hop, they want to become hip-hop, they want to dress hip-hop, they want to speak hip-hop, they feel in resonance with the values of that movement. And, and that's precisely why I think it's, it's, it's such powerful technology. And if we want uh, a systemic shift, it has to come from the culture. It has to come with like songs, music that's, that express where we want to project ourselves into. Okay, so fully agree. First of all, and thank you for articulating it so um, so well. So we're at the IMS, and this is kind of dance and electronica music, and um, the kind of fashions of this style of music changes very fast, just like the fashion industry and just like other industries. And um, yet we know that actually the music has got such a powerful potential to make change the people that are listening to the DJs have got this frequency in them because the DJs are playing these beats in our heart. We were talking about this yesterday. And so what is it that you feel that dance and electronic music can do to bring this awakening into essentially this world and to their fans? I could could give two observations. I think the first one is really to understand what a musician is or a DJ. And it, it, it's a, a calibrator, a harmonizer of human energy. It's like at the moment that you're releasing a track to know that you are, you're a powerful spiritual uh, being uh, connecting people to something higher. 
And I think it's important for people to, have, to know that that's my responsibility. I think it was Fela Kuti who said, if you, if you fuck with music or you mess with music, you're going to die young because it's, it's magic of the highest order. So first and foremost, is like the artist has to know, like, this is what I'm doing. I'm projecting my visions, my worldview, what excites me onto all these other human beings and do it with responsibility, right? So, I mean, if, if you project, again, rock and roll, you're projecting rock, rock and roll, punk rock. If you're, if, you're, if you're projecting destructive behavior, you're putting that onto other people and onto yourself. So this responsibility is super important. And I'm glad that there's people who are addressing the mental health issues in, in music. The second thing is, is the relationship with industry. And I have, I'm kind of like, when people talk about the music industry, I'm like, well, what's serving who? Who's serving who? Is it the industry serving music or is music serving the industry? And I think that reversal of roles is very, very, very detrimental because the moment that industry says, no, this isn't going to work. No, that music has to change. You're taking something which is of a higher order and fitting it into the box or the constructs of what the industry needs. So, so I would say more awareness from the artist on what their role is in society and, and both on a spiritual and a social level. But then also the industry to say, our job is not to milk this cow as much as it can, as we can. The objective is to make the cow as healthy as possible so that everybody's happy for future generations. And that would be kind of like my feeling. And, and I, th I think we have problems with both of those questions. I think it's interesting the point you raised there. And I think also, you know, I wonder how much responsibility there is of the artist to raise these kinds of points within their actual artistry, within their music. And I think, you know, that happened kind of maybe in the 70s and the 80s in rock music and big bands, but I don't maybe witness that as much now. And I, I wonder, you know, obviously we're talking here about kind of making climate-friendly um, touring um, gigs and, you know, places that people kind of want to get together to make them more eco-friendly just like being here and at festivals and places and spaces where music comes together but how much of that narrative do you think should be kind of in in the songs themselves can i add to that imagine lyrics that were about exciting people by this opportunity that we have to make a better place with regards to values, with regards to spirituality, with regards to individuality, with regards to the climate. But that came through in lyrics when people we know who listen to like dance and electronic music get quite high and go to gigs and they're, they're ready to be you know, blown away. They're ready to find a faith. They're lost, they're escaping. Like how is there, is there a key in there that could make change? Uh, again, I think we have to be super deliberate. Um, I remember my first relation, real relationship with music was uh, I was seven years old. I got my first Walkman, and I remember I had a, a Guns N' Roses Appetite for Destruction tape. And I remember every time I put it on, I was like, I was Appetite for Destruction. I was immersed in that world. And my mom was like, we don't like the way you're changing. <laughs> I'm like, what the it does a trick for me. But it's funny because you listen to Beatles, you immerse yourself in Beatles. I mean, and any, any genre, any song should do that. It is a hypnotic trance where you forget everything. That's, that's the magic of music. It's like, as I said, it's, it's witchcraft of the highest order. What, what I think is needed is that everybody within that chain, within that cluster, has to be very conscientious of what we're doing. And I had a beautiful conversation with a, a businessman who was investing in a regenerative project here in Ibiza. 
And uh, it was a really solid project, really good project. But the guy says, these numbers don't add up. It's like, we're not going to make money off of this in the next 10 years. But the guy said, it's like, well, that's the thing. It's like, am I investing for the next 10 years or am I making a difference, you know, in the pl on the planet? Because if, if we're fucked after 10 years, if uh, we have environmental systems collapse, if we have massive climate change, then who cares about your investment? This is actually your best chance actually to turn this around. And that kind of like audacious... Uh, investing and like the cluster of people saying dude I believe in you I'm gonna follow you because I, I resonate with that not not because you believe in the person themselves but you know you feel the message speaks to you from a deeper level and and having that in the industry saying like we don't cultivate artists anymore like just take that example like an artist that, that is like he's brilliant and you listen to it, how many followers do they have on, on Instagram a couple hundred but the message is great people say ah, it's not gonna work so rather than cultivating artists and giving them the space for the next five, ten years to cultivate them, to create a message, we're just seeing what makes quick profit. And that's what's creating the tension. Everybody has to get themselves involved. The artists themselves won't do it on their own. But then it's, it's like people resonating on a vision and going all in. And I, th I think that's the only way of doing it. Uh, a friend asked me from Earthrise, uh, Finn, you, you know him. He's like, okay, well, we want to make these beautiful music that are, you know, these beautiful movies to educate people, but we don't know how to finance them. And the way we've seen shifts in society in the past, and I'm talking over the past two, three, four thousand years, is that the people with power understand the importance of the priests and the spiritual beings. So, you know, the, the pharaohs investing in, you know, if they built the pyramids, they invested in the pyramids, let's say, in the art, in the culture, saying that this is the message we want to impart. Or even the Medici's, I think it was in the 17 or 1600s, going, oh, well, you know, this is beautiful. We're not going to be able to sell it. We have spare cash. Let's make that happen because that's going to shift all of, of society. So I think, I think people who have excess cash and say, well, what are you going to do with that million or those 10 million? Well, maybe let's invest in, you know, new visions for the future. And that's precisely why I'm super excited about regeneration because, it, like, sustainability is about doing more of the same and just changing a little bit. Like, all right, let's get rid of the plastic. Get, but maybe we should drink differently. Maybe we should consume water differently. Maybe we should gather differently. Maybe we should uh, really rethink on a, you know, on a very basic level from the bottom up like what this is about. And that's why Ibiza is so great because you have all these regenerative hippies really kind of prototyping these things. Even though, even though you know, sometimes you see the way they're doing it and it's quite precarious. Um, yeah. We don't see them around these parts at the IMS. <laughs> Uh, they're, they're a couple of kilometers up north, you know. Just change, change their attire for the day. Um, do you reckon we would like a song? I think that's a great idea. Can we you want a song? Can we have a We're song? We're going to do a song. All right. I've got a beautiful song for all the lovely ladies. I'm gentlemen. <laughs> this one's actually for the ladies. Because if you, if you know or you don't know, that the ruling spirit of Ibiza is, is an entity called Tanit. So they say the energy of the island is very feminine. She's very just a guide. So this is a song for 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 her and the women that are connected with that. You ready for it? All my music is participative. If you want to ruin it with your beautiful voices, please feel free. Please feel free. It's it's actually, yeah, like even if you don't know the lyrics, the mumble along, right? So the the chorus goes like this. Girl, you well done. Girl, you know. I love your witchy ways Girl, you know I love your witchy ways Love your witchy ways 
witchy ways Love your witchy ways Love your witchy ways Muse A lunar silhouette Eyes that see beyond the heavy veil Subtle breath that rustles empty sails Words Rolling off your tongue Invocations wrapping me up tight Patching this torn heart with threads of light You ready? Girl, you know I love your witchy ways Girl, you Love your witchy ways Love your witchy ways I think this is the best way to get thrown out of the IMS. You're, you're playing acoustic music and it's a waltz. It's one, two, three, one, two, three, one. It's just absolute heresy. Maybe we can go dance around you, you can actually try. It, it, you, it, the funny thing is that, is that one, two, three, the, the, the waltz is in, our, is in our genes. It may feel strange to you, because you used to dance like, doom, 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 doom. But you can try this. Go one, two, Girl, you know I love your witchy ways. Sing with me. Girl, you know I love your witchy ways. Love your witchy ways. What? Love your witchy ways. Love your witchy ways. Wow. Super disruptive. Wal Wal set the IMS. <laughs> I think there's there's room for everything uh, musically here in in many ways, and I th you know you were talking about kind of you know women specifically, which kind of brought a subject to our uh, the forefront of our minds that we wanted to talk about at some point um, during the conference, and no better way to start as we mean to go on. So we kind of wanted to talk about um, you know the fact that you were talking about regeneration, mm -hmm. and I think that the IMS has been regenerated fully this year and has been bought by Beatport or part of it, mm -hmm. which has kind of eliminated um, some parts of the narrative. And I think there's been a real focus on equality and diversity and inclusion and equal, you know, like making the kind of dance music world a fully inclusive space. Mm -hmm. um, and a few people have kind of decided not to attend this year based on, you know, some things that have been happening behind the scenes. And I think, you know, it just is worth kind of talking about that in terms of, you know, what does that mean um, with the way things are changing and regenerating within this world? And, like, does that kind of open or close doors for certain kinds of, you know, narratives and storylines to evolve? 
So I just wondered if you had any thoughts on that. Well, that that's a very difficult subject because uh, uh, society has become very reactionary at the moment. And that's the way you drive debates and that's the way you drive engagement. You know, you want to polarize people. It's like, oh, you're this, you're pro that, you're anti this. And, um, and very often organizations on every level, they change is when they feel it's like, oh, now we have to address this. If nobody brings it up, like again, gender equality, racial equality, uh, employee health and uh, mental health and stuff, like nobody wants to talk about it until you can't afford not to talk about it. But then, then the engagement isn't sincere and it isn't candid. It's like, oh, it was like we have to do damage control very often. Um, so, so th there's two things that I would I would bring to people's attention in this case. And the first thing is that is that if you engage the subjects before, it doesn't become an issue. It it, it polarizes less, mm -hmm. and basically it's speaking up. Like uh, very often, uh, for example, we have sexual assault in a certain group of friends. So. Unless the friends speak up and say, hey, we need to talk about this soon, it won't become an issue until there's a lawsuit and everyone has to take sides. So this is kind of like being preemptive in this. I'm just giving like an example in, in this case. So, so we've always had an issue with gender. Yes, we've had an issue also with, with racial things in these, in these scenes and all kinds of other things. So being proactive, I think, is, is super important. And, and the other thing is that I really think it's super important to, think, to understand that we don't, we don't have to be reactionary in many cases. We, we don't have to do it. If only we, um, if if only we give the space for open dialogue, and 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 and, and rather than saying we're going to marginalize this or we're going to take it, this is like no. Let's let's engage it early on and let's bring it into the heart. Let's talk about it. And I, th I think that's, I don't know, you disagree? No, do you I think? don't disagree. I just, I just think that sometimes when there's so much trauma involved, and this is kind of going into a different subject, but when there's so much trauma involved, it's very hard to go into a space of having dialogue with people that have been difficult or, or repressive or, or something. So, like, it is more of a, it's, again, like, moving from, the, like, that, the concept of the next Buddha is a Sangha, like, moving into how communicate communities can really support each other and can really be there for each other so it's not just on the individual like currently it's on she said so that's like kind of taken the lead with it but then is it is it more of a community action and, and supporting she said so alongside IMS I mean this isn't for us to figure out now but it's like open dialogue is sometimes hard if some people if people have been um, triggered or traumatized for sure I, I love you know what example is very good of this the indigenous communities which have been exploited for the last thousand uh, since since you know Christopher Columbus discovered America or even previously right so now everyone's like oh let's listen to the indigenous communities but they're like hey we're hurt you know yeah. they're hurt it's like oh now you want their knowledge oh now you want to know how we you know planted the Amazon oh now you want to know right uh, but that's very difficult because they also know that if they're incendiary in their reactions, it will be marginalized as well. So even at a place like COP, you know, the the the, the, the main uh, climate change conference, I mean, I'm ashamed to say, but but I'm I can I can say it. It's like most indigenous cu uh, cultures are like Mickey Mouse staples, you know, kind of like ornaments in these conferences. People aren't really listening to them, and they're not stupid. They know it's like okay, well, we're here. And how do how do how do we how do we stand up to that? And again, the the thing about these clusters of, of relationships of like how people make sense of this is that it takes a lot of a lot of guts to stand up. 
But how we show up as a community and show solidarity is super important. Even if we're silent, even if it's like, okay, we're present, we're listening to this, we're gonna, we're gonna do what we have to do. And the better we get at that, at supporting one another, at open dialogue, the more we'll be able to solve other issues, you know, and, and whether it's, again, mental health or artist exploitation or things like that, you know, the better we get at being empathetic and compassionate with one another, the, the easier it, is, it will be for us to deal with these issues. I mean, I think IMS has been very responsive to the development and evolvement of so many different, you know, narratives, and t including after the death of Avicii, you know, we have the Arte Arete, yeah. we have the wellness program in place, which is amazing, and there's been more, you know, talks about addiction and alcoholism and, you know, kind of partying in a way that feels authentic to whoever's doing it and wherever they're doing it and however they feel about engaging with that in a certain way. And I just feel like, you know, there's been a lot of focus specifically last year on climate change and bringing Marina Ponti, the UN director of the SDG campaign. And, you know, some really positive things have coming yep. from this, you know, the reaction to, you know, what is happening um, has been strong. And I think that you know, the festival has really been evolving in the right direction. It's been great to see those things on the program and on the lineup. Mm -hmm. But I was just intrigued, you know, by this new development and yeah, a, a mild case of kind of segregation of maybe some women feeling like you know they weren't going to be represented here in the same way due to certain circumstances. So I just think it's interesting to bring that into some of the talks. Um, but I do think, you know, uh, there's some really great things happening here and they are, you know, so on the money with the new tech and the Web3 and there's some really great um, events coming up over the coming days. So it's really great to have you here to start off these talks. Have you got anything you wanted to add and bring into the conversation? Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Ended on a very serious note there. No, 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 no. Yeah, we, we, can, we can change it. It was, it was a serious note. It was like a minor chord, but we can change it. We can make a major chord. <laughs> Um, hello and welcome and thank you for joining us everybody uh, my name is Sophie Schnapp I'm here on behalf of Earth Percent a charity set up to unleash the power of music in service of the planet um, and I'm luckily lucky enough to be joined by the wonderful Joe Yule would you like to introduce yourself we are also recording um, today's conversation for uh, a very special episode of my podcast, The Reset Rebel, which is five years old. Um, there's about 160 episodes now, and um, I think this is probably going to be one of my favourites, um, hosting this wonderful lady here. So we are so, so, so lucky and blessed to be talking to you, Chaveli Chan. Um, I've followed and admired you for a very long time and I feel like your story and everything you're doing in the world often when we're talking about what you're doing sends goosebumps over my body and I feel like it's it's a moment to share share what you're up to um, so please take us from wherever you want to start into the magic of who you are. <laughs> Definitely. Well, thank you for the invitation and also for feeling the message I am sharing. Um, I am Chabeli Chain. I'm from the Venezuelan Amazon rainforest, and I am a vocalist, musician, DJ, and an, an indigenous rights advisor. Uh, my vision goes between this gamma to bring the music and the natural wisdom for indigenous people to the pop culture, to the electronic music movement. As a DJ, I envision always to bring the ethnic sounds and the healing uh, root of the music into the heartbeat 
that it is for me represented by, by the BPM. So yeah, that's more or less what I have been doing. Now I'm focusing on the creation of my own production, collaborating and opening up my, my voice to share this wisdom, this music, and also claiming back my, my roots uh, as a Piaroa representative. So yeah, thank you for, for feeling this message and the importance in these moments to open the door for this uh, wisdom to arrive to every corner of the world, actually. Yeah, and you'll be lucky enough to listen to some of her music and we'll <laughs> share that as we go along. But um, the, um, the idea of such ancient traditions and the, the deep rooting of, of where you've come from and, and what you know and what you're kind of trying to put in through your music being put into music that's very like new age and 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 um almost futuristic it's quite a contrast do you ever feel that um people feel that is and is that is that the way you're trying to get the message across is like the future vision but from the past yes definitely it goes from the my understanding of the the pop culture the western world um I feel like this is a bridge. Even my image or whatever I'm putting out of with my music is a bridge to to relate more with the people of the Amazon and, and if the people uh, go deeper to listen and to to feel what is my message. There will be all the keys hiding there, and it could be called futuristic, but it's actually the new age, and it's yeah. actually something that is reclaiming to be heard and. Yeah, I modestly through my understanding of music, I, I feel like this bridge for the music and for fashion even, uh, entertainment, as I am working on other concepts, uh, my artistic expression. I'm kind of interested, I mean, I met you the other day at the co-working space, and I know that you were recording some music there that day in the this studio at the Hub, um, and I kind of wonder, you know, talking about your background and kind of experiences of the natural world, where you come from, like, how are you kind of weaving those sounds, you know, into the kinds of music that you're producing here on the island? Well, I am using a lot of native words on my songwritings, and I am sharing that through the electronic music as poems and waiting for the right moment to, to start singing as I am working, i still working on that. Uh, but yeah, it's, uh, as I am not developed and grow up inside my tribe, I have not this um, skill that they have to speak through the nose. They actually speak through the nose, and I envision to be doing these sounds and to bring these sounds to to music when I came back and I could come back to to the Amazon as I am now um, not allowed to to go back because I am an Italian refugee. Uh, as I through my activism, I had to really open up the doors to, to other parts of the world. But in the moment I come back, I would love to sit down with my, my tribe and you know develop these skills of speaking and representing the um, water world because the, the sound they speak, the way they speak is watery. So mm. it's also um, the name of the tribe is Piaroa and it means water people. So we are everything about the water, and this is the message we want to bring. Are there any particular 
um, rituals or traditions or water me- water messages you can help us to um, hear and and be yeah hear about just now definitely um, to the water world I'm working now on a book that is going to explain a little bit more um, graphically how this wisdom comes together with indigenous people. But one medicine I can share about is the job or root or seed. And it's used for them to collect to the ancestral world and to go into the, to sit down in, through, uh, in front of the river. And in this way, they connect to the um, animals of the of the river, and the first one that share this knowledge is the pink dolphin, um, the tonina is called in Spanish. And the vision I have to write a story about the tonina and and indigenous people coming into the river to receive the knowledge of the divine that that enters to the water. Uh, this is a way for me to bring to the world this story or this legend and this message and people to feel connected to that and beside that also connected with the music and this is going to be developed um, in the moment I am able to to go back to my hometown. Do you say that you know you're a you know refugee or you're kind of here at the moment because you yeah you can't return currently because of the activism would you be able to share with us like what kind of activism work that you've been um, working within what what you know what actually has been happening and what, what's inspired this music what kind of situations were you facing before you left if you don't mind me asking yes I can share briefly um, I have been um, hold a victim of this situation of displacement of indigenous people and um, I grew up in a river that was rich in minerals and for this reason of being rich of minerals um, in the industry or other people enter there to search for these minerals so in the in the moment they discover a new mineral people who lives there are displaced and I moved from my hometown when I was 13 uh, growing started trying to roam the vision of, of being more than a displaced person. And it took me to, to study something I never thought that I would study, but then country situation, political situation, economic situation also pushed me to break my barriers of possibilities and look for, for new things to do. And I entered to the, the, the world of fashion as a model, and then music because the the music scene has been always there it has been always part big a big part of my life uh, my first connection with music was dancing tribal rhythms and then yeah also learning a new idiom through music english i i, I learned it because i created for seeing the pop music and i was singing and then trying to understand the lyrics so yeah, a huge trove of music has been part of, of that process process of dissolving of what it should have been for Chabeli to to, to discover herself of, of be here or, or what is Chabeli representing. So definitely the, this wave of being displaced and also 
facing political and, and geographic situations was something that pushed me to discover a new way for living and a creative way to, to manifest. It feels like, yeah, music is for a lot of different people, their, their faith, right? It's like the traditions, the fashions, the different ways that we are, and it seems like it's, it's held you um, in times that have been really, really difficult. And I'm wondering, now that you're becoming a, the, the beautiful creative that you are, if like, the music industry can hold you in a way, and, and if you had like asks or if you needed help in, in, in any way like to I suppose further reinforce your music and your activism is there is are there spe specific things that like would be helpful for you now to see from from the music community I will say that the more that we bring awareness to these topics about the earth and we include the sustainability on everything we do and, and and everything. I feel this is the way to also claim back our own roots because we are native, we are all natives and we feel like we, those are the indigenous people and we are these. Actually, there is no disconnection more than the loss of, of the roots and, and yeah, the true connection we have between yeah, our natural self and, and how we are interacting with, with nature. I think that we are, if we are honoring our, our true nature and <laughs> the land where we are walking on top, um, we are going to be doing a lot for ourselves, for our community, and to start working together on, on, on different ways to, to sustain this movement on a, on a healthy way and also yeah, to bring more attention to the people that is speaking and sharing the, the natural wisdom and, and to bring them to share. And this is something, another topic of, uh, I heard from this very lovely woman, a Chilean indigenous woman that is holding space here in Ibiza serving um, medicine. And she says something curious about in this culture, we are taking rituals out of our pockets. And we are letting behind the people that actually carry the knowledge for generations of this knowledge. And if we are respectful about this, I think we are going to be also honoring the, the, the natural wisdom and the roots of yeah, the, the medicine and the way we should be treating Earth and, and yeah, ourselves, our community. And it's in a loving and always with a disinterested service human um, proposition, I would say. I'm interested, you know, I, I love this idea that you, you're saying here about exporting something and perhaps that's not, you know, how it should be, but that is the nature of the world, the way it is now. And um, with you being here in Ibiza and not in your, you know, your natural environment that you're kind of used to and you grew up in, you know, the fact that you are making music on an island like this one is a, is a kind of a compliment that you really feel at home here. So I wonder how the nature of the island perhaps inspires the music that you're making now. Yes. Um, something special that happened when I arrived to this island is that I felt that I heard the, the natural whisper again. And I didn't feel that until I, from, that I left from the Amazon. And I have been moving and moving and moving. I think I have been waving into discover the way the, the world works. 
because I was that was another dissolution because I was happy claiming trees and picking up the fruit and just swimming in the river that was Chabelia until 13 years old and then the, the entering to the, the to the world to the technology and, and to understanding this is something that definitely feels that has been affecting the way I perceive the, uh, my artistic expression and, and the world itself if that replies to your question the island brings the magic that it needs to bring. <laughs> the island, <laughs> definitely. <laughs> I say that the island is like has um, has got its own chutzpah. It's like it's got a mind of mind of her own. Very cheeky. She does what she wants. Yeah. So it's amazing that she's brought such, you know, positivity and home in for you. Um, I feel hold. Yeah. In my artistic vision, I feel whole. I feel there is an energy waiting to be expressed. And I, uh, I feel honored to be here and to represent that energy that is, I always say, is she because I am female and yeah. I feel like just a, a, a divine, gentle touch. And, mm. and this is something that we should be tuning into because it's here, it's for everybody. How do you, you know, cultivate that connection to the nature here or that connection to the earth? You know, maybe you have a, a lot more wisdom on board than most of us. So it would, I would love to hear how, you know, what you do to, to reconnect to the earth when you're feeling like you've spent the whole day in the studio or, you know, what do you, what rituals or practices do you have? Um, I would talk about my grandmother. She's a woman that never used shoes. <laughs> so for me, just even walk on a hike and being barefoot, connecting with earth, breathing deeply, and doing yoga is something that really helps to keep my energy in a balanced space. Even if here is a lot of energy always going on, there is always people coming and going, like ambassadors taking a message, and I feel this place has the the magical way to export different ideas and empower also the new ideas and yeah for me to to walk barefoot do yoga touch my guitar is some it's a way for me to start tuning in into my artistic co concept or vision mm. walk barefoot <laughs> Back on that Everybody needs to take their shoes off, actually. <laughs> we're, if we're you're feeling in brave enough. <laughs> interactive <laughs> interactive space. <laughs> Thank you so much. It's been so nice to have you here. Thank you. <laughs> also about the message of the water, even drinking water, put it an intention like, I wish I feel better today. I wish for a wonderful mm. day. And drinking this water is receiving the resonance, the water is always receiving the, res the resonance and with intention we actually can activate that inside of us. This is a way of alchemy to connect with the water and ourselves as we are mostly water too mm. and bringing consciousness to the intention to the, your glass and drinking that water is, is a way for me to also keep my, my roots grounded and my message aligned with my heart. We have soil, we have, so we have earth, water. I'm sure you have something on air and fire as well. Oh, <laughs> interesting. I think in the, in, the, in the music, the air is always there. 
and in the fire is the moment we feel up, up and down and like in the the montaña rusa how do you say it uh, in uh, roller coaster the roller coaster of life this is the fire uh, to be diamond we we need to be under the fire and we need to we don't need to be scared about it but becoming the element itself and respecting that if we touch here it burns and if if we respect it and we appreciate what is happening we can observe that it, there is always a message and for me that it fills the fire of my life or in general, I feel fire of transformation. Ride, ride the waves. <laughs> Do you feel like home is something that you can kind of pick up, you know, within yourself and and take wherever you go, or is it more connected to a place for you? It's definitely in in inside of self. I feel this way. When we feel home, is when we feel holded by by nature also, but. I can imagine in my own perspective to being in the nature of, of Italy uh, on winter could be too cold for me and I don't feel home like this. Mm-hmm. But when the climate supports what, what I feel in my body, also it helps me to, to be calm. And I feel like to, with a clear mind and a calm heart, we can feel home wherever we go. Nice. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> Thank you so uh-huh. much. At home. <laughs> Have we got to finish? Yeah. Ah, okay. They've got to come on. I think now. we're just stroking my thigh. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Next time. Yeah. Thank you. Thank, Thank you, you so much. Thank you. I'm looking forward to hearing your uh, your new music very yes. soon. Have. Trebelli's going to play here tomorrow if you want to come and dance, yeah. which is pretty cool. Yeah, we're very lucky. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Reset Rebel Reset Rebel Reset Rebel the participants of Earth Percent and everyone at the IMS thinking we are not a minority, not a 1%. We are the silent majority, yeah. If you doubt it, look into the eyes of you and me. There is aspiration, there's a will, there's a way. And we can do it while we play.